The Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. And now, here are your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Hello. So, uh, yeah, here's uh, episode 92. We should be doing some big countdown, like... Only eight episodes to go until number 100. 100. Not very many episodes... Not very many podcasts get to 100 episodes. Yeah, you know, I... I feel good about the fact that we've... We've, uh... We've been sticking... Sticking through. You know, thick and thin, and... Speaking of 100 episodes, not very many TV shows get to 100 episodes. Ah, uh, it's true. They're cutting a lot of TV shows right now. It's that time of year. It's that time of year where, where they're yeah. like, we're not renewing you. Yeah. <laughs> we're canceling you this season. Yeah, and I'm I'm always worried. That's going to be your show? Because yeah. <laughs> for, for a bunch of seasons in a row, it has been my shows. Oh, no. Like like which ones? Okay, so like 24. I loved 24. Oh, that one's canceled? But yeah. That one was around for a long time, though. Like that, that one seven went, seasons, I think. Yeah, see, th- I mean, that, I think that show ran its course. But see, the problem was is that uh, I think in the sixth season or the beginning of the sixth season, they renewed Kiefer Sutherland's contract for ten years. Whoa! So I'm thinking, you know, I heard that, and I'm thinking, oh man, we're gonna have twenty four for another ten years. <laughs> we're, you know, like, we're gonna have twenty four yeah. forever. <laughs> so, but then all of a sudden, they decided they're not gonna do it anymore. Whoa. But um, so that got cut. There's been a whole bunch of them. Um, but Lost is over. That was kind of one of my shows. Yeah, you know, Friends is obviously. But but, he, but all the shows you're mentioning are shows that that like they had a long they had a long uh, history. I mean they they ran its course. No, and, but there have been a couple, and I can't remember their names of them because they, because, because they're like, only around for like five they were, or six. Episodes. Well, there were well numbers got cut, and it was only around five or six seasons. But um, which I really liked. But then there were some that were only around for around for one season. I would get really into the show. Yeah, you know, like I'd really like done. it. And then you know they decide not to renew it for a second season. Yeah, it's crazy how that whole like ratings thing works. And oh, you know. here's the perfect oh, example. Here we go. Go Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. Did you ever watch that? No, but I remember you talking about yeah. it. Yeah, you liked so it. Right? I loved that show. And the thing I really liked about it was it, it kind of had a behind the scenes approach to the actual production of a Saturday Night Live kind of a show. Uh, and so, like, they were talking about the writing, and, you know, they, they so would it show was really, a lot of So, it was really interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting to me. And, and they cut it after, what, half a season? Well, and the ratings were better than... Um, uh, 30 Rock? 30 Rock. Right. They had better ratings. They had a, a, a bigger following. They had more people watching, you know, consistently. But... But it was more expensive to produce, so they decided yep. to go with 30 Rock. Yeah. But... You know, it was a way better show and um, had some characters in it that I liked better than the characters on 30. I'm okay with 30 Rock. I like it, but, um, oh, which by the way, The Office, we haven't really talked about The I Office. I know, right? Season finale tonight. Tonight. Tonight's the season finale. And, and you know, here's the thing. They have, like, I'll, I'll just be honest, all right? I love The Office. Like, I've been a fan. No, sorry, scratch that. I haven't been a fan since the beginning. Uh, it was like the third season 
Uh, when yeah, I us find, too. We kind of about the yeah, third or fourth season. Yeah, uh, third season. I finally, uh, I finally watched some earlier episodes, and one uh, there was a couple episodes from season two that I just loved, like the injury um, conflict resolution. I watched a couple of those episodes, and I was hooked. I went back through, watched all season one, all season two, got caught up. Mm-hmm. So I've been a big fan of The Office, but I got to be honest, I don't think it's going to last. That's what I keep saying. I, I, I think, I think. You know, they're going into season eight now, and I think this is going to be it. I'll be surprised if it makes it all the way through season eight. Um, yeah, I, I wish they would have ended the show. With with Michael, with Michael getting, leaving. Yeah, yeah, with Michael leaving, getting married or something. Well, there was a lot of people who thought that the show was going to end. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, yeah, you know, once Jim and Pam get together and get married, you know, the, the show will end. That that has to be the, the mm-hmm. end of it. Uh, it wasn't, you know. A but, lot of, I know some people who stopped watching it at that time. I, right. But see, they, but then they got back into the Jim and Dwight stuff not long after they got married, right. which was awesome, yep. which was hilarious. Lo- love the Jim and Dwight yeah. band it's great but yeah i mean a lot of people just like the show because uh, of that tension with uh with jim and pam mm-hmm. and so um, but then there was tension between pam and michael uh-huh yeah well and then and then of course michael and all his girlfriends and then you know then there's andy and aaron then there's dwight right. and angela i mean you know there's so, plenty of tension so the, the they're, they're trying to they're trying to make all this tension but i never felt I never felt it was quite as organic as uh, yeah. as Jim and Pam. Anyway, so sorry. Uh, all I'm trying to say, man, is that I don't think it's going to last much longer. Uh, Steve Carell is gone. Um, they're they're trying to do all these things to to make us think that you know Jim Carrey is going to be the new boss, or you know Ricky Gervais is going to be the new boss, and you know they they tried to make us think Will Ferrell is going to be the new yeah. boss, and that's just not going to well, happen. It, it has potential to stick around on this basis alone. There are a lot of loyal Office fans out there. True. So, you know, there's probably enough to keep the show running. Well, and NBC but, doesn't have a lot of great shows yeah, right now. Yeah, NBC so. is struggling. And, you know, if they get another big, if they get Jim Carrey or somebody big, then they're going to, well, for one, they're going to be spending a lot of money on it. So they're going to spend a lot of money promoting it. Right. So they'll probably be able to keep it running, you know, with good ratings for another couple of years. Maybe. If they decide that's if that's the show they want to push, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I've, I've always loved The Office, um, but I, I just feel like it's starting to... Uh, uh, the what's the term? Uh, jump the shark, you know, where mm-hmm. uh, where it's starting to just kind of like get on the the really kind of campy and cheesy yeah. type stuff. And yeah. um, but I mean, I'll keep watching it for sure. And the episode when Michael left and what's his name took over on that, I can't remember what they called Will Ferrell on the show. Oh, uh, D'Angelo. Yeah, D'Angelo, and they, you know, they showed him putting his little statue out in the credits. <laughs> oh, right? I was no. like, man, that was that was. It, gut-wrenching it was it was, it, was it was spot on yeah. like he he even like adjusted the the trophy just the yeah. right way you yeah. know and they had the same angle through the blinds i know mm-hmm. i saw that and i think all the i think all the loyal diehard office fans saw that and everyone was like oh yeah that, that felt like blasphemy oh office blasphemy it was hard it all was right. hard yeah but anyway so there's the office finales tonight Yep. It will have already aired a couple of weeks when you actually are listening to this episode. Oh, right, right. But for us, it's tonight. Tonight. Yeah, sorry, we're on a time delay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on a two-week time delay. But, uh, uh, all right, so last episode we talked about stage presence. Yep. Um, this episode we wanted, we can't remember <laughs> if we've how much we've talked about this. We know we've talked about finding new songs. Right. 
And we've talked about that a couple of times, finding new songs for your worship minister to use. But I don't think we've ever have specifically talked or given practical ideas to picking a worship set. Um, you know, how do you pick a worship set? Because let's be honest, as a worship leader, um, you know, one of the big things you do is mm-hmm. is pick these sets and the songs that you use and how you, uh, how you, you know, put things together in the service and the order and the arrangement and creative things. How do you do all that? You know? Now, when I went, my first schooling experience for worship ministry, everything was about flow. Ah. Everything was about flow. Yep. And so you didn't go from a fast song to a slow song. You would go from a fast song to, to a medium, medium song. And then, and then a okay. slow song. You know, you, you, everything was smooth from beginning to end. Um, but, but I think there are variations of that that are actually very strong yeah you know the interesting thing about um picking a worship set is there are so many different ideas if you will or so different schools of thought um you know there's a school of thought that that um everything you know that everything within the service uh is very you know there's continuity uh, that the the songs you sing match up with the message um you know and, and and you know after the message you respond or if there's scripture that it fits you know right right before the song you know like um you know, like like you read, you read the the passage from uh, was it Psalm Psalm thirty six, and then you sing your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your well, so yeah, let's talk. I think there are kind of three uh, general basic rules. Okay, that I think we all you know that we all kind of keep in our heads and and think about when we're planning a worship service. Yep, but the, but we don't stick to we don't you don't we shouldn't by any means feel like that they. Um, you know they're they're not they're not laws that can't be broken. They're, yeah, they're guiding us, but but they're, they're three. Guidelines. They're kind of three three main things that we we ought to think about when we're planning planning a worship set. For one, you talked about the theme, the theme of the of the sermon, the theme of the weekend, right. whatever it is, whatever the theme is. You know, do as much as we can to fit within that theme. That includes everything, not just music. The whole the whole kit yeah. and caboodle. The the second thing is is um is key keys of the songs. Generally all in speaking, the same key? no, not all in the same key. <laughs> Everything's in G today, folks. <laughs> but but generally speaking, you want to have you want to have your keys progress from the beginning of the ser- set to the end of the set in an upward motion. Mm. And um, so like if if you're going to start in G, you want to you know, and you have a couple songs in G. If you can put you know, put your songs in G together. That'll make a nice smooth transition between the two. And then put them in and A. Then, then A if you have one after that, and then C or then E. You know, if if those are the, if those are the songs that you have, or if, if the if your fast song is E, then start with E and then go from E to G and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, and then and then the third you know kind of general rule is tempo. Uh, you know, in terms of music sets, um, you generally. I mean, if you go to most churches, it'll be this way. You'll start with start some fast, fast songs and, and then and go slow. Those are the general rules, I yeah. think. So, you know, I'll, I'll be honest and say I um, I don't really ever do the, the key thing like like um, I, I will I will try um, 
like if possible, uh, I, I will sometimes put a song in a certain key. You know, like if if normally we do it in in G, maybe I'll take it a little bit lower and go in E so that I can go out of a previous song. But I don't make that a hard and fast rule for me. Um, but the the tempo one. You know, I I do that a lot where, where, you know, we'll, we'll maybe, and sometimes actually I'll kind of merge the two. Like last, uh, last Sunday, you know, we, we had a couple songs in the key of G that, that were upbeat. You know, we had, uh, uh, Your Grace is Enough, uh, Meet With Me. Um, and so we're in the key of G. And then, and then after, you know, after that, we kind of started slowing things down a little bit. Uh, and then it was in a different key. Um, so, so I, I do, I do things that way, but, for me, the overarching, the overarching decision making, whatever, is, is the uh, the theme, the content mm-hmm. of the songs. Um, so I, I guess the way I look at it is if if I can if I can get a song uh, that that is in the the same key or a similar tempo, then that's that's icing on the cake for me. But uh, but I, I start with the the theme the the message the content of the song and if it happens to work out where it, it's similar keys or or, or uh, tempos then great but I don't usually let that drive me. So let's talk let's talk real quick about key and tempo. Okay, I think those will be easy to talk about. And then yeah, we can spend most of our time on theme Good. later. But um, so what you know the key thing, um, if you. If you have two fast songs and they're both in the same key, I think you should try and do them back to back. Yeah, all because of Jesus and uh, Happy Day. Bo- yeah, both yeah. of us did that for mm-hmm. Easter. Back to back, right into one. Yep, and and it just makes a real smooth transition. It's easy for your congregation when you do that because you're in the same key, so they don't have to. You know, for for the non musicians out there, which is most people. They don't have to readjust their ear mm-hmm. to find a melody in a new key. It's there, right? So it's good. It's good to keep things in in a close, you know, in the same key or close key if possible. Yeah. But um, for me, you know, if I had if I had two fast songs, one was in G and one was in F, then then I would start with the song in F and build and, up and build up to G. Because I think you there, it's it's not strongly perceived, but there is a perceived. Momentum, momentum game yeah sure when you go from f to g and especially into a new song you know and so and then it's the, for the same reason we do a key change in a song you know doing a key change in between songs right can can help you build some momentum um but that you know that said you know i'll do we'll typically do a couple songs and then an announcement or welcome or something then a couple more songs and so i just basically perceive you know uh view that as two different sets and so the first one will be you know try and do that but then the second one i don't try and start from wherever we left off Mm. because there's been something in between people's minds have gone away from whatever music you were in and the key and you know they're not thinking about the the key that you're in so you can start over basically when you when you have a break like that but if you were gonna if i was gonna do um you know four or five songs in a row and and you know you know, tie them all together one way or another, then I'd want to figure out a, a good flow for key. So, but then the tempo thing, um, I think there, there is strength and it's good to start off with an upbeat tempo and kind of get everyone's attention and call them into worship and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. there, you can also be really poignant yeah, to start with a slow song yeah. or even just the chorus of a slow song. 
Right. And, and actually we're doing that this Sunday where we're, we're starting things off mellow. And, you know, um, one of the things that I've been trying to be a lot better about, um, uh, is, is this creativity thing. You know, I'm not the most creative person. Like I, I, I love order. I love structure. Um, I have to make myself be creative because if left to my own devices, um, you know, I'll, I'll do things the same way because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's familiar. Um, you know, I think a lot of us are that way. Yeah. And, and and perhaps me more so than others. I don't (laughs) know, but all that to say, um, I've, I've really this last year, um, uh, or, or, or since the beginning of the new year, since January, uh, I, I've really been trying to quote unquote, force myself to be creative. And so, um, I, I've been experimenting with a lot of different things, um, doing, doing music at different places, uh, doing things, you know, we talked about last episode, uh, where I'm not even on the piano or the keyboard. Uh, I'm just, I'm just up front with the other vocalists. Um, I've been playing keyboard a lot more. I used to just always play piano, mm-hmm. uh, but I've been getting up front on the on the keyboard. Uh, partly to help kind of that whole modeling thing that we talked about last episode. Make sure, make sure to listen to that last episode mm-hmm. if you haven't. Um, ninety one episode ninety one. Thanks. So, um, but uh, but it's been really really good uh, for for me and for I think our church. Um, as I've been planning these worship sets, you know, um, and I'm sorry, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of moving away a little bit what we were talking about, but, but, um, it's been really good for me to, as I'm planning these worship sets to think about just even the order and the arrangement, uh, of, of elements within the service. So I think part of, part of planning a worship set isn't just picking the music it's where's the music going to go what kind of things are you going to do in between so um we've done things where we've just done like one song in the beginning and that's it uh, and then we do like we do like five or six songs at the end of the message you know which typically mm-hmm. we we haven't done that um we've done other things where uh, where we haven't even started off with music you know we've, we've just been welcoming people we've been sharing some stuff going on we've had a time of prayer and then we've come out of that uh, into a time of music um i've been doing a lot uh you know what i've been doing a lot of lately uh, i've been doing a lot of liturgy lately in our services and and i've never really been like like a high church liturgical kind of guy. Um, but I, I've really started connecting with, uh, like the book of common prayers. I've been reading that. Um, when I was planning stuff for Easter, I was reading a lot of like, uh, Catholic texts, you know, like translated texts, uh, from Latin. And a lot of these, you know, really early church, you know, Catholic type of type of text have just been resonating in my heart. And so we've been actually doing a lot of liturgy where, where, you know, we, we do a couple songs and then, and then we have our church kind of respond in this, you know, call response liturgy type of thing. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a wealth of liturgy out there that we can use. Um, and actually, you know, uh, send our listeners back to, um, the episodes we did with John Ross, right, talking about the the church year and some of the liturgical yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, the, the church calendar and and what yeah what they do with the pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
I think, I think it's been really, um, it's been different for our church, you know, because we've never really done like liturgy. We've never really done responsive readings where, like, I'll take a psalm and I'll kind of break it up in different parts where, where we'll have a leader and then we'll have the community respond. So we haven't really done a lot of that Laurelwood, but we've been doing more of it. Mm-hmm. And I was interested to see how people would respond. I thought, well, maybe the old people will like it, but the young people will think it's dumb. But it's actually been the opposite. Uh, I've actually had way more people my age and um, you know people in their thirties and stuff who who are are saying, "Man, I just I love that text is so rich." And here's the interesting thing: a lot of older people who maybe grew up going to like a Lutheran church or a Methodist church or whatever, where they do a lot of these liturgies, uh, some of these older people are kind of like, "Oh man, this just reminds me. This just reminds me of my days back at you know the." the United Methodist, blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting how different people respond um, and how these different texts will resonate. Mm-hmm. But but I've been trying to, sorry, all of that to say, I've been trying to, even within our, our worship sets, finding different creative ways, uh, scripture, prayer, liturgy, um, responsive stuff, uh, music before, after. I think that's a big part of also how you plan your, mm-hmm. your services. So, uh, getting back to yeah. some of the music stuff. I know, sorry, but, that, that was a big detour. <laughs> but um, Get back, sorry. The uh, w- One thing uh, Lincoln Brewster said at, at a worship conference I went to is he was talking about, you know, doing some of his music at his own church when he leads worship. And and he, he was talking about, I don't remember which song, but there's some big guitar solo in one of his songs. And and he said, we d- we very rarely do the, the guitar solo when yeah. we do a song. He said... You know, if we do the song ten times in a year, then you know maybe once, once maybe twice, we'll do the guitar solo. Interesting. Um, and he's a good guitarist. Yeah, like yeah, he's really too. good. But it, but it's not always. You know, a lot of times we want to learn the song one way and do it that way all the time. But but a good a good thing to do when you're planning a set isn't is you know not to just think about key and tempo and stuff like that. But but it might be best to start a song with the chorus instead of going Mix right into up. the first verse. Or if you always start with the chorus, go into the bridge. You know, I, I did that a lot. I haven't done that so much recently, but like with um, Here I Am to Worship, mm. that, was a, that was a perfect song with the bridge where you could start on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And so we'd come out of a song and you go that right was about I'll the cross. Yeah, and then I'd go into I'll Never Know How Much It Costs. You know, oh, like, I cool. used to do it with Once Again. So I'd do Once Again and come Just right out of Once Again. From yeah, from the thank you for the cross, and then go right into the bridge cool. of here I am to worship. I'll never know how much it costs. Yeah, and then, cool. you, and then you can then you can instantly build that song when you repeat the chorus and you know jump it up the fifth or whatever it is that you jump up, and then you can go into the the rest of the song. And yeah. it's, it's a real nice, you real nice change. But um, so so th- you know, think differently about the songs as well. Not don't just think you have to do song, song, song. Maybe you want to, and maybe you just want to pull a chorus from another song and put it in with with your set. You don't have to do the whole song. You can just do a, a chorus. You know, right. so get creative about that. But but getting to the theme, which is the the biggest thing, um, you want to get as much information as you possibly can from your senior pastor. Yeah. Um, it may not be much for for some of you. You know. <laughs> it may be uh, this is the passage I'm I'm preaching on, and I won't know anything else until Saturday night. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, which happens. Yeah, 
Definitely, it, I mean, it happens it, it, a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. A lot of pastors are, you know, they're they're uh, working it out and thinking it through, and things change. And um, you know, I, I I feel I feel blessed. You know, our our pastor uh, Mike Mike Wild at Laurelwood, he he's pretty good about getting sermon schedules out. So mm-hmm. I usually know what he's doing. You know, months in advance. Um, but I mean, things do change. Yeah, sure. But if you can get scripture, if you can get a you know an application, if there's going to be an application, or you know just a general feel of what he's going to talk about most of the time, that's going to be huge in getting you down the road. Now, um, there are certain themes that are impossible to plan a worship set with. <laughs> there just are. I mean, um, there there may be one one hymn that was written about this one topic, <laughs> you know, eighteen hundred something. And it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> and there are no contemporary songs. What do you do then? You write a song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that'd be a perfect example of, of having a need for a song. Yeah. And needing to go write one. But then, for then, I either, you know, maybe... I'll maybe try and look at the theme from a different angle and see if see if you can support the theme without necessarily being right on theme sure. the whole time. But if that's even going to be too challenging, then I'll just do, you know, I'll do a, a worship set that's just worship. Mm. Just focus on worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm becoming one of those one of those people who, I I don't think all of our worship songs have to focus around the theme every every week. Mm-hmm. I think there there is just inherent benefit in worship. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, you know, I had an interesting conversation a while back um, with, with one of our uh, vocalists who, he's not there anymore at our church, um, but he, you know, we were talking about that, and, and I, I typically lean towards, you know, this thematic thing where, you know, I, I like the idea of you're on a journey, and, you know, you start the service off, and it's this like experience and then, you know, the service continues and, and, and it's like the, the words that pastor preaches just resonate in your heart and, and, and call you back to those songs. And maybe we respond with a couple other songs. And, you know, so I, I really, I really like that thematic journey. Um, but more and more, I haven't been, you know, locked into that. And, and partly, you know, the, this guy was talking about, you know, hey, like sometimes there's just good worship songs that, that people just love singing. Um, that not, aren't necessarily you know thematic or whatever, but they're just songs that are just great songs, um, and, and I think that's a good point. You know, yeah, yeah. There are there are songs that are great songs that deserve to be sung as worship because God deserves to be worshipped. Yeah, for no yeah. other reason. For no, yeah. for no other <laughs> right. reason than God needs worship. <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, totally. But you know, the thematic thing. I think the thematic the thematic template or the th- the thematic paradigm has much more relevance. If you're, if the bulk of your worship comes after the sermon, yeah, a responsive because definitely, you know, if you do a whole bunch of songs that are relevant to the sermon before the sermon, then you expect you're you're expecting people to to put it together in their minds, you know, to go through the sermon and then go back through your worship set, right, and remember, oh, well, that song was about this part of it, that song was about that part of it, this song was about that part of it, which they're not going to do because for the most part, we can't even remember our sets, you know, a couple days later. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, you know, if you're if it's going to be if the theme is really important, then I think it's better to start off with one or two worship songs, get into the sermon, and then and then respond to the theme. Yeah, I, I think people in general um, remember like 
I think people in general will will resonate more when they're singing about a truth that they just heard right. as opposed to singing the truth and then hearing that truth and like remembering, oh, I just sung that. Um, you know, I still think it happens. Like I've seen it happen where, where we do a song, especially like maybe right before the message, you know, like the offering is being taken and we do a song and then Mike just starts right off into this idea and people are like, oh, wow, like like we just heard that. We just mm-hmm. sang it. So, um, but I, I, I do agree that responding, I think... Uh, it, it is a much, um, you know, healthier way of, of getting your people to to resonate um, with with that truth, that thematic mm-hmm. element, or whatever. I, I and I, I'm you know, I think there is validity and and quote quote setting the stage for the sermon. Sure, but if that becomes the only purpose of worship, I think that really waters down what worship is. Uh, you know. Um, it's it's so much more than just than just setting the stage for the preacher to come up and preach. Right. There there is it's the great value in worship. Yeah. Yeah. And and if we if we turn our, our minds too much towards the, you know thematic setting up of the sermon and away from accomplishing what worship is designed to accomplish and connect people with God, then then I think we we are diluting worship to a point that it's it's going to be hard to be worship. You know what I mean? Yep. When churches do that so for so long for so many years, that's why that's when you end up with churches that 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 have two or three worship songs, and then and then the guy gets up and preaches, and that's it. Mm. Because it's you know if it's nothing more than that, then it's nothing more than that. Yeah, you're just setting the stage. Yeah. Well, but good. Yeah, good stuff. But, good stuff. Um, Anyway, there's there's probably a lot more to be to be said about that, and we'll have to come back. Yeah, to Yeah, we could always, uh, always do, come back. We could always do a part. We always two. say we're going to come back to a topic, and then I don't know how often we actually do come yeah, back to a topic. We we come back sometimes. Sometimes we do if we, we intentionally. I know if it's during our time, and, and we split it up. If, I hear yeah, if the first one we're going too long, then we decide to stop and start again. But if it's if it's in between <laughs> sessions where we get we'll, together, we'll have and do to this, write it down. Yeah, but um, <laughs> well, that's it. For us, yeah. So, um, I thought there was some one more thing I was going to say. I don't remember. All right. If you have questions, you can email Kevin. He'll answer them all. Yeah, email me. <laughs> I'll take care of it. Oh, you can email me too. I'll be happy to to give you more opinion. But um, <laughs> which I found myself listed on Twitter as an opinion maker. Like, wow! I wonder if that's good or bad. I'm not sure. That's good. But um, that's good. Yeah. So you can get in touch with us online www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can email me to davidworshipministrycatalyst.com or, or email me at kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can find us on facebook.com slash wmcatalyst. Which, by the way, we would love to have you go over there and like us. There you go. Because Wait, it's a, isn't it's, it isn't it Facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst? Yeah, I Twitter, said WM, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Our Twitter Twitter.com. is uh, yeah, Twitter.com yeah. WM Catalyst. Which we're approaching a thousand followers on Twitter. Way to yeah. go. Um, all you tweeters. Facebook is is lagging behind significantly. Oh come on, like us that. people. <laughs> like us on See, Facebook. See, I think it would be huge if you got on there and you know, I know. And you could, I, you I could know. send your people in I there. need to get I need to get on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> But um, by the way, happy birthday! Oh, thanks. Yesterday was my birthday. Yeah, and uh, I was I was excited. I was excited to have a, a great birthday. I'm not going to sing to you like Marilyn Monroe. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate that. That's my birthday present to you. Okay, but not singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. But um, 
So yeah, go go like us on Facebook, and you know, Facebook is cool because you can you can actually listen to the podcast right there on Facebook. On the Facebook, and wow. then you get all you get all your blog, any any other blog articles we put is right there. You can you can read it right there. That Mark Zuckerberg, he's a it's he, it's a pretty phenomenal thing. <laughs> Um, You've seen the social network, right? I have now. Yes. Yeah, th- that's right. Last mm-hmm. time when we met, we hadn't. You hadn't yeah. watched it. I've watched it since then too. You're okay. <laughs> My son is in here. He's trying to sneak in on the podcast. But um, yeah, so Facebook, Twitter.com/slash WN Catalyst. We'd love to hear from you. So get in touch with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.